0: Welcome to the American Citizens Abroad Podcast. I'm Michelle, and today I'm chatting with John Allen, a podcaster, singer, songwriter, and musician, stand up comedian, powerlifter, writer, and an American living in Norway. Welcome, John. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Well, hello. How are you guys? <laughs>
0: We're pretty good. <clears throat> Currently, you're in Norway. How long have you lived there, and what brought you there?
1: Well, I've lived in Norway since uh, the 5th of June, 2002, and it was love that brought me mm-hmm. here. My wife is a Norwegian citizen. We met when I was living in the Chicago area. We got married in 2001, lived there for about 18 months, and then we came to Norway and been here ever since. Have you always wanted to live abroad? Or could you tell us about no. your <laughs> <laughs> No, I, No. No, I, it's not that I didn't want to live abroad, but I never expected to live abroad. Now, I am a United States Marine, so when I was active duty, I served most of my time on Okinawa, Japan. So being abroad and serving my military service overseas was you know, quite the exciting experience. But after the Marines, I always figured I would just live in the United States. I was finished with active duty in 1994, and I never suspected that six or seven years later I would end up in a different country, much less Norway. I never, never expected that.
0: Well, you have some diverse interests. Let's start with the podcast. How long have you been podcasting and what got you interested in it?
1: I've been podcasting since the end of February, beginning of March of 2020. So I haven't been doing it that long, but uh, I have been highly productive. I think I'm up at 142 episodes right now. I really enjoy it. I really love it. It's a great way for me to gain knowledge, to uh, make new contacts, to learn new things. It inspires me, you know, speaking with the people that I speak with, it inspires me, it motivates me to continue what I'm doing. So I absolutely love it. The reason for me podcasting, now, years ago, quite some time ago, my wife and a few other friends and associates had always been kind of pushing me to either start a podcast or maybe try and get into radio. It's not that I resisted the thought, but it just didn't interest me. And then in November of 2019, I lost my son to a heroin overdose. I'm sorry. Yeah, thank, thank you. And, and it crushed me. I mean, it totally broke me down and crushed me. I had no more ambition. I was isolating myself. I mean, it was just a really, really rough time. My wife, she's the smartest person I know. She said, you know what, John, you need to find something. That will motivate you something that you can use to get inspiration and kind of get back into the game get back to being productive and why don't you start a podcast and you know what it just it just clicked it's like yes of course i should start a podcast originally i thought i would just do solo episodes and just kind of talk almost like like an audio blog in a way Mm -hmm. i figured out just a few days before my planned start of the podcast, that I will get more out of it if I invite guests, people who interest me, people who inspire me, people who can give me a new set of knowledge. So most of my episodes from day one up until now, most of them are with a guest, but very often I get on there solo and talk about what's on my mind, what's on my heart, and It's a podcast that's based in uh, inspiration. Selfishly, for my own inspiration, peripherally, I hope that the conversations that I have, whether it's solo or with a guest, it's a conversation that my viewers and listeners can possibly learn something from or be inspired by. And I'm not a guru. I I mean, I'm not trying to be the preacher. I'm just trying to put my journey out there, my quest for knowledge and inspiration. And hopefully someone else can uh, be inspired by that. So that's my podcast in a nutshell.
0: And what's the story behind the name of your podcast?
1: Oh, the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. Well, of course I have to put my name in there, John Allen. <laughs> but the Coming Home part, as you mentioned, I'm also a musician, and I had written a song while well, I wrote this song way back in 2004, 2005, a song called Coming Home. In the lyrics of that song, I'm singing about not, homesickness, but just just a reflection on what it's like being away from home and what will it be like when I go back? Will people still recognize me? Will I still recognize them? That song, coming home. I don't know. It just fit for the podcast. Metaphorically, I was looking to come home. You know, through my podcast, looking to come back home to that get up and go guy that I always was. You know, again, I was very depressed, very upset after losing my son. I just needed to get back or come home to my old self so it just fit to put the name of that song into my podcast
0: so i think you answered my next question i was going to ask you to encapsulate (laughs) your podcast in about two or three words and what would they be
1: (laughs) (laughs) it would be inspirational introspective motivational And, and again first and foremost for myself for my own inspiration my own knowledge my own motivation but peripherally, I'm, I'm hoping that that my viewers and listeners can also be inspired, motivated, and they could possibly learn something.
0: And changing topics. How long have you been yeah. a musician? How many instruments do you play?
1: I play bass, I play guitar, keyboards, and I'm a vocalist. What I'm best at is the vocal side of things. Well, actually, I'm, I'm probably best at the songwriting part of it all. But my favorite instrument is my voice. Wow, I've been singing since I was a kid. It started in the church. Mm-hmm. That's where I learned my sense for harmonizing, you know, you know, hearing those good gospel songs sung in church where everybody's harmonizing and all of that. I was rather uh, the latecomer when it came to taking up an instrument. I first started playing piano. My sister used to take piano lessons when we were little, and then I just started peeking in her lesson books and kind of taught myself how to play. But I didn't really start, I don't know, professionally playing or or recording music until after i came here to norway i think my first recording was in 2003 and the first songs that i wrote for other bands and artists that started in 2002 shortly after i came here to norway it's kind of an advantage to be an american in a country where english is not the first language and yet the musicians want to perform Uh, their songs in English. So I got a lot of gigs as a songwriter or a lyricist for other bands and artists right away.
0: And where can we find some of your work?
1: You can find all of my work on Spotify, iTunes. If you look for a band called the Remy Brothers Band, I've written most of the lyrics for their songs. They're more like a classic rock, Southern States rock type of sound. My music, uh, which is also on Spotify, under my artist name, John Allen, my full name is John Allen Reese. But for my podcast and my music, I just use John Allen. The songs that you'll find out there so far, it's more of an acoustic soul R&B type of thing. And the songs that I'll be releasing in the near future, they're more of a uh, full sound, you know, with more electric guitars and bass. A little bit more of a funk, soul, rock, <laughs> melting pot of, of music. Uh, but I've also written metal, uh, a band called Red Rockets. They're more of a metal, hard rock type of thing. I've written their stuff. I've written for a famous Norwegian artist by the name of Jonas Fjeld. He's like mm-hmm. the Norwegian answer to Neil Young. He's been around since the middle 70s. He's performed with people like uh, Rick Danko from the band, people who remember the band from the 70s, Rick Danko. Oh. And Jonas Feld had a project together in the 90s. I get around, I guess you could say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and switching gears, you're also a stand-up comedian. Has the time during the pandemic helped or hindered your creative flow? Have you found you're producing more songs and working out more comedy routines during these strange times? Or has it been more difficult?
1: Well I am writing like never before both for my music for stand up and uh, for a book project that I have. So these covid times have actually been quite productive for me. But having said that, I think I've only performed stand up comedy twice during the pandemic because of all of the restrictions with being out in public. Mm-hmm. You know, so the opportunities to get out there and perform live in front of an audience have been very very limited. But but I haven't missed performing very much because I've just dove into the writing process. And Then I have so many different projects. You know, I'm writing for my stand-up, even though I'm not performing. I'm writing new music, new songs. I'm writing this book. There were plenty of opportunities to do live streaming music, and people got into this live streaming of comedy. But I just, I feel like I would have been missing something. I mean, I know I would have been missing something by not having that audience. You know, I want to I want to smell the sweat. you know. I want that direct physical feedback from the crowd, whether it's stand-up comedy or music. So very little performing, maybe two times with stand-up comedy during the, the whole COVID times over the past year. Going on
0: to powerlifting, and yes. I admit I know, I know nothing about the sport whatsoever, so you might need to explain, <laughs> explain a bit more to me. How long have you been powerlifting?
1: Well, I've been training with weights since I was 11 years old. I played football. I was a running back to supplement my performance on the football field, I lifted weights. So my familiarity with lifting weights and getting strong, building muscle, that started when I was 11 years old. I started competing in bodybuilding around 1996 or 97. And that was bodybuilding, but almost right away, I mean, going way back to when I was 11 years old, I figured out that I was a pretty strong guy. But it wasn't until 2015 that I shifted my focus from just general strength training and bodybuilding to powerlifting. You know, a lot of people mix up weightlifting and powerlifting, but those are two totally different sports. Weightlifting is the two Olympic lifts that you'll see in the Olympics, the clean and jerk and the snatch. And those are overhead lifts, whereas powerlifting is three lifts combined. It's squat, bench, and deadlift. Straightforward. Mm -hmm those three lifts. So I do squat bench and deadlift. And again, I started that in 2015, just after all of these years of being super, super strong. And I just kinda realized all of a sudden that, hey, you know what, if I start competing in powerlifting, I could maybe make a name for myself. And I'll be doggone, but I did (laughs) make a name for myself. I got on uh, the United States national team, the Masters national team for the USA already that first year. It was real interesting because here I am living in Norway, but I made the U.S. national team. But I was so proud to have done that. So I competed in the North American Championships that year in 2016, representing the United States. It's one of my proudest achievements as an athlete. It was pretty cool. And then in 2019, the year I turned 50, I actually set the Norwegian record for the squat. And that's pretty cool. You know what? That's the athletic achievement that I'm most proud of, because it destroyed the myth. It's an example of destroying the myth that when you reach a certain age, your athletic career is over. You know, you hear people say, oh, it's all downhill after 40. Or some people say after 30. And that's just not true.
0: How popular is it in Norway? Have you been able to during the pandemic? Yeah, powerlifting.
1: A lot of competitions were shut down during the pandemic, you know, just for safety reasons. Things are just now starting to come back as far as competitions here in Norway. So I haven't competed since 2019. It was right after I set that squat record that I had yet another shoulder surgery. I've been having some problems with my shoulder since 2015. So I've been on a little break because of this, the most recent surgery that I had in 2019. It just kind of made things even more cool that I set that record in the middle of all of these shoulder surgeries. Again, I'm so proud of that, so excuse me while I brag (laughs) the way I look at it. Hey, you you asked for the story, so here it is.
0: (laughs) Do you think you'll pick it up again?
1: Oh, I haven't stopped.
0: Okay, I haven't good. Stopped.
1: Part of my rehab after each surgery has been to maintain as much strength and muscle mass as possible. I mean, that just aids in the healing process. You know, with a bad shoulder, of course, I can't bench very much. And bench is one of the three power lifts, as I stated. There's still two other lifts. I'm far from finished with power lifting, far from finished.
0: Shifting gears again. What is the Loyal Oak Arts Collective? Could you tell us about them?
1: Yes, Loyal Oak. To be a Loyal Oak artist, you just have to be an artist. And when I say an artist, you can be a painter, a sculptor, a musician, a writer, a poet. It doesn't matter what type of art you perform. You just have to be an artist who is interested in being a part of a collective of fellow artists. We support each other. And it can be as simple as tagging each other on social media posts can be as simple as promoting the work of one another. It's just a gathering place for like-minded artists. The name Loyal Oak, that's also the name of my band when I perform live. The band that backs me is called Loyal Oak. And that comes from an area of uh, my town back in Norton, Ohio. This area was called Loyal Oak. And I always thought from like seven or eight years old that Loyal Oak would always be the cool name, the coolest name for a band. When I started with music, I had to name my band Loyal Oak. It's the name of my company, Loyal Oak Productions, Loyal Oak Artists.
0: Do you think living abroad has changed you? Can you imagine what you would have been like if you'd stayed in the U.S.?
1: You know, I think about that all the time. Let's look at, for example, like I said, I've had a whole series of shoulder surgeries. I think I've had had eight shoulder surgeries since 2016. And I think about if I would have had the need for so many surgeries back home in the States, I would probably be unemployed and bankrupt because of the medical costs. But living here in Norway with socialized medicine, it's free. It still blows my mind after living here for 19 years, it still blows my mind that I just don't have to worry about paying for medical procedures. It's just not an issue at all. When I think of my current economic situation, and think about what that economic situation would be back home in the States. Yeah, I'm probably living a different kind of life with a different level of happiness than what I would have had had I stayed back in the United States. But above and beyond that, I think living overseas has made me a wiser and more observant person It's very easy to be short-sighted. You know, you live in the States, you're only concerned, or your main concern is what happens in the States. And while that's not in itself a negative thing, I do think that a lot of people miss the opportunity for a lot of life lessons because their vision is so centralized and focused almost exclusively on what happens in the United States and what affects the United States. Living overseas has opened my eyes to how the world is connected, how the different nations, how different people are connected regardless of where they live.
0: ACA advocates on behalf of U.S. citizens living abroad. What are some of the issues you personally deal with as an American living outside the U.S.?
1: Taxation, or rather the law and the rules that say that as an American citizen, I have to file American taxes even though I live overseas. I think it's I'll just say it openly. I think that is absolutely ridiculous. It is an unnecessary hardship on a lot of people. It's quite expensive, and I just don't understand it. If I were a millionaire, multimillionaire, making above a certain amount of money, I understand the law says I would have to pay taxes to the United States. That I understand. But for the average Joe, semi-successful American citizen living overseas, I just don't understand why American law puts us under this ridiculous hardship. Because that's exactly what it is. It is a ridiculous hardship.
0: What do you hear from the community of Americans overseas about their issues?
1: I don't know of a single American here in Norway who has not complained about the issue of having to file taxes while living here in Norway. And other Americans that I'm in contact with who live in other nations also speak on that issue about what a hardship it is. That seems to be a universal thing that just about every American out here, whether they live in Norway or or some other nation besides the United States, we're feeling the hardship of having to file taxes. I think also that the Americans that I know here in Norway have a heightened political engagement. They're very aware of the issues. They're very occupied with the issues and the whole issue around voting the whole issue around the polarization of politics in america that is a common thread that is discussed among those of us living here in norway who are american citizens we talk a lot about the current situation with this drastic dramatic and at times violent polarization in the united states it's really fascinating And depressing and scary and irritating and frustrating to see how the two political parties is they can't even speak civilly to each other anymore and it wasn't like that 15 20 years ago when i left the united states for norway and it's not just the political parties it seems to be it's the american people who can't even speak to one another anymore it's a violence that has literally spilled over out of the political arena and into the streets literally you have American citizen against American citizen. It's really a painful thing to watch. It's almost like some sort of syndrome that we expats have where we feel more politically engaged than ever. And it's this feeling of helplessness where we feel like we should be able to say or do something to contribute to building a dialogue. We should be able to say or do something to help fix that situation. And it's so frustrating to be Out of the country and almost watching from a distance helplessly. It's very frustrating.
0: How do you think the U.S. can better engage with Americans overseas?
1: Well, they just have to listen and they have to take us seriously. They have to look at us as a legitimate lobbying block, a legitimate block of interest. We are a part of the American society, even though we live overseas. We're still Americans. We still should be heard, but we don't have that lobbying force that makes us. Heard. I think that if a reasonable politician were to get a genuine grasp of the issues that directly affect us here overseas, in particular the taxation issue, I do believe that there would be some changes. To me and to most people, it's quite clear that is a a very large flaw in our tax system, and yet nothing changes. It's not even spoken of on the floor of Congress because we just don't have that representation. We're not heard. We're not seen, and yet they expect us to pay taxes if we make over a certain amount. you know to put it in street terms, what's up with that? <laughs> you know why don't they hear us? why don't they why aren't we being properly represented?
0: Any final thoughts you'd like to share?
1: Final thoughts isn't life wonderful? How's that for a final thought <laughs> life is <laughs> life is good. I would like for people who are listening, if you're not an American abroad, I'm sure you guys have listeners who are still living in the United States. I would like for those Americans still living in the United States to understand that we who have moved overseas, we are just as much American as you are. We are still following the issues. We still vote, we still file our taxes. We're like your long lost cousins, but we're still family, we're still blood.
0: Thank you, John, for taking the time to join us today.
1: I just want to thank you for the opportunity to come on your show and speak and be heard. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much.
0: Oh, we're delighted to have you. Thank you. The American Citizens Abroad podcast is a monthly podcast that is published the second Tuesday of each month. It is edited and produced by me, Michelle, and is a product of American Citizens Abroad. You can find us on Twitter at ACA underscore podcast, on Facebook at American Citizens Abroad podcast, or you can email us at podcast at americansabroad.org. Remember, give us a good rating on Apple Podcasts so other Americans living abroad can find us.